This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Right now, that time, 8.15, you're listening to WGNS. Agriculture Extension Agent Mitchell Moat is on the air with us this morning. If anybody has any questions related to the lawn or garden or things similar to that, you can call them in or text them in, 615-893-1450. Well, uh, Mitchell, the storms last night, we uh, we made it through. Looks like Looks a like, lot is going to miss us. Yeah, so far so good. It's, uh, I, I hope everybody everywhere is uh, is fortunate. What, what does that do this time of year for farmers when such heavy rains do come through? Well, I mean, it, it certainly makes it... Uh, um, right now, you know, they are, uh, if, you're a, if you're a crop farmer, a row crop farmer, you know, you are making your plans for the coming season. You're getting equipment ready. Uh, you're getting things, you know, making sure everything's greased, it works. It's getting the equipment serviced and so on and so on. Um, if you have not already, uh, you're, you're lining up supplies. Uh, getting the uh, uh, you know your inputs together, seed, uh, fertilizer sources, uh, uh, other inputs uh, that you may need. Um, you know, cattle farmers, livestock farm, beef farmers, uh, they are uh, feeding a lot of hay. Uh, they're they're wading mud uh, because the ground is uh, is, is saturated. Uh, well, certainly it is right now. I'm assuming. You know, my my perception is the whole county got soaked last night and. Uh, uh, it was not dry to start with, so the ground is pretty, uh, pretty soft. And you know the cattle are going to uh, when they go to the feed rings, uh, the hay rings, uh, where the hay is being put out, where it's being fed. Uh, that ground tends to to be churned up just by their uh, just by their activity across there you know the feet are going to tear it up as they move around and so they've got to slog through mud uh, drive through mud to get to uh, get feed put out for them you know that sort of thing but in in terms of you know keeping them from doing um i, I guess a lot of things is probably not having a whole lot of impact right now uh, as we cause we're still in the middle of february and it, we it, typically are not worried about uh, uh getting crops in the ground you know this time of year but you know, for home gardeners, uh, you know, you could. Uh, you could right now. Some of those cool season crops, those spring-planted crops, a lot of the greens, uh, English peas and onions and lettuce and things like that. Uh, you know, February, uh, February, March is your planting window for those. So if you had an area uh, that was prepared uh, and you could get in there and do it, you know, you could certainly start putting those things out and, and other gardeners that maybe they're not trying to do the early stuff, but they're wanting to grow tomatoes and peppers and whatnot, and they want to grow, uh, you know, to make sure they have the varieties uh, available to plant that they want. When uh, the time comes to put them in the ground, they'll grow their own transplants from seed. And so uh, it's the time of year to start doing uh, or thinking about that. You know, kind of a rule of thumb is for those warm season uh, vegetables, you'd like to start the plants, uh, start the seed indoors uh, eight weeks or so, six weeks, eight weeks before, you know, your targeted planting date. And, the, you know, the difference between the warm season vegetables and the cool season vegetables is that cool season can tolerate some frost and, and the warm seasons cannot. So, you know, what's uh, uh, what's our typical uh or what we consider to be our, you know, last frost date. And, you know, folks will ask that, well, when's the last frost going to be? And 
I'll generally tell them, well, we could probably tell you about that, you know, come August when the last frost was for 2023. <laughs> we, sh- we should have had it by then. But as a rule, uh, you know, statistically, historically, uh, about the 23rd of April, you know, there's only a, a 10% probability that it's going to frost after the, the 23rd of April or so here in, in, in right here in the heart of Tennessee. Um, folks think back to the last couple of three years. <clears throat> that that probability has not held up because we've had a you know a Mother's Day weekend frost there in the uh, around the ninth tenth of May something like that. So anyway, yeah, I said a lot of words to answer your question. <laughs> How's it affecting farmers right now? Uh, it, it's it's making life a little harder for those that are going out and feeding animals and whatnot. Uh, and but but you know for the most part not a major impact I guess. Yeah. With the Agriculture Extension Agency, Mitchell Moat again in studio with us this morning. It's been kind of a, a weird winter. I mean we have had warmer days and then all of a sudden we had historically cold days that lasted for almost a week where the wind chill was negative zero something so i'm curious with that kind of change and up and down weather forecast that we've been seeing this past winter what does that mean for for bugs this year and what does that mean for growing things too well so the first question i guess is insects we will not have a shortage of insects um you know folks will say well it doesn't get cold enough to to kill the insects off i don't know there's ever been a a summer uh when we have not had insects regardless of what the winter did (coughs) you know some of the uh uh, uh, allegedly some of the worst mosquito problems uh in the united states you can find in alaska wow Uh, I mean, insects are survivors. They're they're going to survive. Yeah, they're, they're, a, a very hard uh, uh, winter um, may uh, diminish the population some uh, of a you know of a particular species of insect, but it's it's not going to eradicate them. Um, when when th- those that are that, that overwinter here uh, in, in 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 our environment in our location. You know, they take the steps. Uh, they they find the shelter. Uh, they're they're adapted to to seek out those places that will protect them uh, from uh, uh, from the from the environment, allow them to survive. Yeah, if we think back to the flash freeze, just you know, the week uh, the week of Christmas, I guess. And man, it was cold for a little while there. It was. It got really cold, and you know, that's an event that uh, probably probably very few of us have experienced in our lifetime i don't i think that was the first time i really felt negative temperatures outside and and we and we you know we've had negative temperatures in you know the last 40 years or so we think back i think it was like january of 1987 when we got down to somewhere near 17 below something like that you know it killed uh lots of bermuda grass uh at, at golf course fairways and so on i think maybe old fort uh you know, it killed off everything out there. But anyway, a lot, lot of we, we have had that cold weather. I, but when in but, the past, when we've the, had it, we didn't have that seventy degrees. Oh, that that's before. it. You know, it was it, it was a, a, a gradual build up to it, I guess, or a gradual drop down to it. But we had what a fifty degree temperature it was swing crazy. in twelve hours, something like that. And that's the you know that's the point is that we have not, uh, at least here in, in in our part of the world, we probably uh, most folks have never experienced anything like that and and it damaged a lot of plants so you're asking about uh, how did it affect growing things you know you you look around town uh i i dare say that that it's going to be rare to find a laurel uh shrub 
that does not look dead right now. Uh, and, and they've been looking that way since since the freeze. And it's referred to as a flash freeze simply because, you know, it's like putting them in a freezer, and it occurred so quickly, uh, just just that rapid, rapid drop. And, and it wasn't just, I mean, cold is bad enough when you have cold wind and cold rain, you know, coupled with that, uh, it just exacerbates that. So a lot of damage to landscape plants um, are, and we've had a lot of folks call and ask, you know, are they dead? Uh, well, I don't know. Some, some probably are. Some probably are. Uh, laurels seem to be extremely hard hit. And it, I fully expect there will be some that do not put out new growth uh, as we progress in the spring. Some uh, uh, probably will. I don't know to what you know what percentage of them are going to. A lot of hollies have been defoliated. Uh, the leaves just you know just just frozen and falling off. A lot of those still show uh, signs of uh, uh, plentiful life in them, and expect uh, a big part of those to recover. Um, uh, nandinas, uh, little little nandina shrubs. A lot of those are showing a fair amount of damage. Uh, expect. Uh, expect some some decent recovery from those uh, i would say that you know regardless of, of, of what the shrub is or the, the plants that you have in your landscape that are showing uh, freeze damage now uh, don't get in too big a hurry to remove them uh, don't even worry about trying to cut uh, what a, what appears to be dead um, uh, branches and leaves and so on off at this point because you may not know for sure just how far the, the the dieback has occurred, and we'll not know for sure about uh, you know the viability of a lot of these until spring gets here and they go into their normal growing season. So I'd encourage folks to kind of hold off on that just a little bit. Seems like the maple tree that that's one of those trees that folks can landscape their backyard with that they last no matter what it, i don't know what's what what is different the, about that well the trees uh probably didn't suffer near as much the, your deciduous trees didn't suffer nearly as much as uh, uh, uh a lot of the, the the evergreen landscape plants and because you know they they're, they're deciduous they drop their leaves they go into a dormant state so they weren't they, they weren't in the same condition as some uh, uh, some of these evergreen plants were uh, because you know on sunny days you get warm weather uh, during the during the winter time what's considered to be the dormant time period you know you can have some photosynthesis taking place uh, in those evergreen plants and and so that kind of gets things moving around in them a little bit um, on the, the the like your maples and your oaks and hickories and so on your deciduous trees well they're not photosynthetically active and they're not uh, uh, you know trying to grow uh, on those days. And, and so you typically are going to see less damage to them uh, in a cold snap like that uh, because, you know, they're just in a, uh, a dormant state to start with. Um, folks may see some Bermuda grass areas that don't recover, that don't uh, green up come, come spring uh, because it was cold enough to damage some of those warm season grasses. Now, it certainly, I don't think killed uh, the bulk of the Bermuda grass out there and, and you you know if you have a, a Bermuda grass lawn or if you've got a you know if you're a, if you're a high school coach and you've got a, a, a playing surface this Bermuda grass you may see some cold damage from it you may not see any cold damage from it uh, it's just you know remains to be seen yet of course weather it plays a big factor in everything landscape everything agriculture I, I'm curious has the agriculture center have 
y'all really recorded big changes in the weather over the last few years as far as Tennessee goes? Are we seeing some significant changes that look like they could stick around? Well, no, no, we no, we don't, we don't, uh, uh, we don't, we don't track anything like that. We, we're not, we're not set up to do that. We're not, you know, charged with doing that. That's not part of what uh, our mission is. Uh, but, you know, certainly there are uh, those folks that do monitor weather, uh, and and there are uh, a number of weather stations that uh, the, the the university uh, maintains across the state of Tennessee. The Institute of Agriculture does. And that's where, uh, you know, these uh, freeze probabilities, for example, that's where those things come from. Uh, but to answer your question, yes, there seems to there, there there is, apparently there is a trend of, uh, um, you know, potentially, well, not potentially, there, there's a trend that we're seeing, uh, you know, an uptick maybe uh, in um, uh, maybe a, a longer uh, gr- growing season, if you will, a bit longer summer, uh, and and uh, you know days where uh, you have hot weather. Uh, uh, you know, has has it changed? You know, tremendously. I, no, I mean we're not talking about huge increases in the uh, like five degrees, six degrees hotter. You know, you may be talking on an average uh, uh, one degree uh, or a fraction of a degree over the course of a summertime. And, you know, in terms of the amount of rainfall uh, that we receive, our average rainfall has not diminished. Now, probably what has changed some, or, or it seems to be uh, a trend, is that we, uh, uh, we experience heavier rainfall events where we receive, you know, a, a substantial amount of rain uh, and, and they're dispersed, you know, more uh, infrequently. Uh, maybe than uh, was the case, say, 50, 60 years ago. It is interesting so, to you know, kind of watch. you have dry spells and you know, hot spells. and yeah, yeah. So who knows what's to come? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, folks, you know, it, it's, a, it's a forecast, a weather forecast. It's not a, uh, boy, this is what's going to happen. We know for sure. It's, it's, a, uh, it's an educated uh, uh, prognosis, or it's an educated guess, I guess. It's, not, it's, it's more than a guess, but it's, it's not a guarantee. Again, Agriculture Extension Agent Mitchell Moat on the air with us this morning. We'll open up the phone lines for calls or text 615-893-1450. Again, 615-893-1450. And again, just a reminder, all Rutherford County and Murfreesboro City Schools closed today due to the threat of bad weather. We'll head to Brian Barrett here in just a second to get an update on that forecast. So make sure you stay with us. Time right now again. 830. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell from Music World and Drummer's Den. We offer a good assortment of everything. We have new guitars, Gill, Seagull, Godin, lots of brands, vintage guitars. We have everything you need, keyboards, drums, and every instrument you can think of. We would welcome you to come in and look around, see what you can find that you have to have. And Music World and Drummer's Den is located at 2762 South Church Street, right across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. 
For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy. Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRIZZY to learn more. When the weather's at its worst, we're at our best. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, TV 11. Right now that time, 832. We're now headed to Brian Barrett to learn more about the weather situation in Rutherford County today. Today, definitely a day to be weather aware. We're expecting some severe weather this afternoon, especially now. We had some rain overnight the thunder overnight. That was all from a warm front that has now lifted north of Rutherford County. And then we await the storms coming in this afternoon. Those storms this afternoon could be potentially pretty severe. The National Weather Service has an arm of uh, their forecasting area that called the Storm Prediction Center. And the Storm Prediction Center has Rutherford County and much of Middle Tennessee in an enhanced risk of severe storms. Now, what does an enhanced risk mean? That means a level three out of five for severe weather. But now that it's the day of the event, you can uh, also, with their product, go into the tornado, wind, and hail probabilities. And the National Weather Service has highlighted Middle Tennessee really from um, about Clarksville over to um, Wilson County, further south, that whole corridor of Middle Tennessee, which includes Rutherford County, in a uh, 10% probability of a tornado. Now, what does that mean? 10% means that they believe a 10% chance that a tornado could occur anywhere within 25 miles of where you are. Sounds pretty low, right? And obviously it is. But it's pretty significant in terms of the language used and the probabilities of uh, a tornado. Also, we're in that area. It's also called hatched. You may hear that word or see that word. We're in a hatched area for uh, tornado possibilities. What that means is the potential for a strong tornado or two. And uh, the National Weather Service Storm Prediction Center is saying that that could happen here in Middle Tennessee. So what does all of this mean? It means you need to be prepared, have a way to get warnings this afternoon. As we go through the day, it looks like that warm front has moved further north now. And so we're going to stay in this warm, soupy air mass until the storms kind of come in from the west. And if there had been some lingering storms this morning some rain throughout the day to keep us from having a warm-up and letting the atmosphere recharge that would be different but that's not the case it doesn't appear today 
You may have a rogue shower or something of that nature uh, beforehand, but uh, something to keep an eye on. It does look like, especially as we get into the afternoon hours, uh, say 3, 4, 5 o'clock, somewhere in that uh, neighborhood. We'll just have to watch the radar closely and see. Uh, do probably expect to see a tornado watch at some point today here for Murfreesboro. All right, that's a brief look at the forecast. We'll have more for you uh, as we go through the day. We'll continue to keep an update on what's going on right now. Weather-wise, I'm Brian Barrett for News Radio WGNS. Uh, thanks, Brian, for that report. Again, we'll keep you up to date on the weather situation throughout the day today. Again, Mitchell Moat with us in studio this morning from the Agriculture Extension Service here in Rutherford County on John R. Rice Boulevard. If you have any questions regarding lawns, gardens, all that stuff, you can call them in or text them in right now at 615-893-1450. Let's go ahead and take a call. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. How are you all this morning? Doing good. Doing well, thank you. Oh, good. Thanks for being being on the air and uh, having this having this show. Uh, my my question is, I have I live in an apartment complex and they put the uh, the black mulch all around you know the dirt areas around yeah. the buildings. Yes. And I garden around my apartment, so I wanted to know, um, do you know how toxic that black mulch can be if I want to grow vegetables? Because I, I grew tomatoes last year and a couple peppers and things like that, but I want to expand my garden. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to see how, how toxic that black mulch is, if I can use that in the area uh, you know, where I plant my plants to protect them or what have you. It's mm-hmm. okay. um, a concern to me. <laughs> sure, okay. Uh, so you know, uh, it is toxic. Well, I, I don't know of anything in it that would be toxic. You know, per se, just just the nature of it being, you know, black mulch uh, doesn't doesn't indicate or give concern of toxicity. Now, probably what it is, it's a shredded hardwood, and you know, you certainly don't know, you know, what species were used to to repair that because it's you know hardwood. Lots of different species are hardwood trees, but that's you know trees and, and tree trimmings that have been run through a shredder and reduced to you know, to, to small pieces, to splinters, and so on. And the the dark color very often uh, is uh, uh, from from charcoal, uh, ground-up charcoal, uh, that is, you know, mixed with that to give it that deep black color. Uh, you'll notice, you know, if you handle it with your bare hands, uh, you, you're going to get the, uh, the black coloring on your hands, and it'll fade over time uh, as it's exposed to the, to the environment, to the sun, and so on. But... <laughs> It, it is a it is a is a raw material, and, and when I say raw, it it uh, uh, you know you you can still identify its components. So you can you can see these pieces of wood in there, those shreds of of, of tree. Uh, so that tells you it has not decomposed, and um, it, you know naturally it is going to decompose over time. And th- there is potential for uh, as it goes through that decomposition process, you know, to generate some heat. And if, if you had it really close uh, to some, you know, very tender young vegetable, tr- or, or not just vegetable, but any young tender plant transplants, you know, potentially you could damage, uh, it could generate enough heat to maybe damage them a little bit. So I probably would not want to, uh, you know, to put that mulch material 
just just really super close to the plants i think a better option would be for uh, for growing vegetable plants would be to uh, you know consider using uh, some compost uh, if, if you want to use a ground cover around the plants as a mulch material uh, it's going to uh, i mean compost is you know decomposed by definition that's what it is uh, it's decomposed organic material and you're not concerned about it going through uh, th- going through a heat cycle uh, as it breaks down because the bulk of the decomposition has already taken place and because it is uh, uh, you know a decomposed organic material it will uh, it will help improve you know the ground there where you're where you're using it uh, a little quicker uh, than uh, say a, a hardwood mulch would do because uh, it's already broken down and it can be you know mixed in with the native soil to help improve it uh, and in, in, encourage uh, better uh, soil mo- or not soil but better water movement into the soil and water retention in the soil and so on so I think that might be a little better choice but I, I don't I don't know of anything that would be toxic uh, in, in, in the, uh, the, the black hardwood mulch. Uh, w- one caveat to that is, you know, if, if there were uh, black walnut trees that were shredded up uh, into uh, that mulch material, um, you know, black walnuts, uh, they, they generate or they, they produce a, uh, it's a self-protection uh, uh, mechanism they have, but they produce a substance that discourages gr- plant growth up close to the tree. Uh, so, you know, black walnut, uh, uh, if trees were used to create mulch, then, uh, you know, potentially you could have, uh, uh, you know, some negative impact from that. But, but probably they're not using black walnuts to create that mulch because it's designed to be used uh, around all sorts of uh, 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 plants and you know all, all, all of those plants would be susceptible to you know the effects of the jugulin which is the, the the compound that the walnuts produce so uh, boy I said a lot of words to answer your question does that does that help any it, it certainly does and and basically uh, what I've done I've, I've lived I've lived here uh, for about two and a half years and what I've done is I've been, excuse me, uh, uh, putting regular mulch in, uh, just fresh tree trimming mulch from the landscapers, uh, you know, in the apartment area. Huh? I'll uh, amend that into the soil. Okay. Because uh, so, it's so clayey here. <laughs> so uh, that, in addition to kitchen scraps. So um, yeah. what my plan was, was just to, uh, you know, continue to put the, the kitchen scraps in there, um, I just have to move things around a little bit, but what I'll do is I'll use regular mulch around the plants, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the more mature plants, of course, uh, for moisture retention, and then I'll have to cover the, the black mulch over top of it, but I'll just not put it so close to the, the okay. plants. Okay, yeah, I think... Does uh, that sound like it, a good plan? It, it does, and, and have you been successful uh, uh, with your previous garden attempts there? Uh, yeah, all my tomatoes, my cherry tomatoes were amazing. I mean, I had I had wonderful tomatoes through like October, believe it or not. Well, <laughs> and, so uh, it sound yeah. it sound like you're doing it right. So you know, if, if yeah. it's not broken, shoot, let's don't mess with it. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Well, I appreciate your advice. And uh, and then the last the last question I have is, what kind of uh, programs do you have at the Ag Center for? new gardeners because uh, i want to head up uh, like a little garden a little garden group mm-hmm. and uh to get some uh assistance from the ag center you know maybe take 
take them over there okay. um, to see what kind of programs you have. Sure. Well, we just finished uh, uh, at the end of last month. Uh, we had our uh, uh, multi-part series uh, introduction to uh, vegetable gardening in Middle Tennessee for new and novice gardeners. Uh, that, that was a well-received program. Um, and the, the, the Garden Basics uh, uh, series is set to start um, – Oh, shoot, I can't remember. Is it the end of this month or the 1st of March? Uh, it, it's a, it's a five-week series, and it and it it's not just you know, vegetable gardening, but it covers a lot of different aspects of gardening, both uh, uh, ornamental as well as uh, uh, vegetable gardening and so on. And, and that's being uh, conducted by the uh, 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 by certified master gardeners that have gone through, you know, the Extension Master Gardener Program. Um, if you and, and I apologize, I can't give you the full details on that from memory. Uh, it's to, it's to just when it does start and so on. But you can con- you can call the Extension Service Office uh, and uh, uh, talk to uh, talk to the ladies there at the front at, at, at the uh, the front desk when you call in, and, and you know get the details about that uh, when it starts, and you know how you go about registering for that. Um, um, on the twentieth of February, the that's a Monday, the Grassmasters Lawn Care Academy begins and that's a five-week uh series um that, that covers all aspects of uh, uh, uh lawns uh, here in middle tennessee from uh, uh selection uh you know growth habits of the different grasses and so on all the way through maintenance and and, and renovation establishment uh, disease insect pest control that sort of thing that's a five-week series uh, every monday night beginning february 20th uh, uh and it goes through whatever that that fifth monday would be uh sometime in march and that's from uh 6 30 to 8 30 uh time frame it, it'll be there at the uh, the ag center building as well so those are the those are the ones that uh, uh you know come to mind right off uh, right off the top of my head you can also uh, go to the uh, uh go to the uh, uh, rutherford county extension web page and under the different program areas uh, and, and see what some of the offerings are there uh, you, you can just just google rutherford county extension office and you can find the web page series or the web page address uh, to take you to that well thank you for calling thank you so much thank have you a good day. you too bye-bye you know it's wild how much the agriculture extension agency offers because there are so many programs I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you've got a lot it, of people there, right? Right, and and you know, this is this is a time of year when a lot of those things are taking place. Uh, you know, winter time, spring, early spring time um, is the, traditionally a uh, a fairly active time for us in terms of uh, offering a lot of these programs because you know, it, whether whether you're a farmer, whether you're a gardener, it's it's more of a downtime, and so you may have. Uh, you may have more available time, uh, you know, to, to attend education uh, events like that. Again, our number is 615-893-1450. You can call or text if you have a question for Extension Agent Mitchell Moat. Now, going back to what you were saying about the, uh, the, the, the mulch, the black mulch, it's used are made with charcoal that's interesting i never knew that well i and and i don't know that all all of it is done that way but um for and it's just hardwood mulch you know it's just shredded trees shredded hardwood and you know none, none of those trees are black 
yeah. that. And so something has to be used to give it that black color. And it will, you know, ground up charcoal, just finely ground charcoal dust, mixes with it very well, and will give it, the, you know, that dark color. Uh, and and there, there, I mean, there could be other things used too, you know, various colorants, because you get different colored mulches, and, you know, you, you can get, uh, you know, brown mulch and so on. And it's, Red it's mulch was, was popular for a while. It was, it, it was, yeah, it certainly was. And uh, You know, I always wonder, though, how do you make sure that you're not buying mulch that has termites or something in it? Well, I, I don't know that you do know that for sure, uh, especially hardwood mulch, because you know that's what termites are, are going to uh, going to consume. Now, now, uh, it, let, let me let me back up just a little bit on that. Okay, I don't want to give folks the impression that oh, I got to be worried about bringing termites <laughs> to my house. Um, it, it is it is possible. To, that, that termites could establish and you know live in a pile of mulch i mean it certainly could now um it is uh, uh you know that mulch is, is handled a good bit uh you know it's stirred it's moved around uh, and so on and it's a fairly low likelihood uh that that you're going to uh, that you're going to get mulch with with termites in it um it's a uh, it's certainly a possibility after you install it that uh, you know termites can uh, you know live in in that mulch uh, that that shredded hardwood mulch, and that's the reason that uh, you know the recommendation is when you're mulching those beds adjacent to your home foundation that you leave a space between the mulch layer and uh, and the house itself so that you don't have a bridge there that, you know that's in direct contact. Uh, with, with the home structure uh, that you know termites could uh, have easy access to your home from uh, you know from the mulch uh, uh, to the uh, to the structure um, bark mulches uh, typically don't have enough uh, uh, wood in them to support termite populations very well so uh, you know pine bark mulch nuggets uh, 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 not that are made from bark not not the wood themselves not the wood itself is typically not going to be a concern uh you know some of the other mulches that are not um are not made from hardwood from from shredded wood uh, are not going to be a concern uh of course your gravel mulches and so on they're not going to be a concern at all either and that pine bark mulch a lot of it's a lot larger and it seems like it covers the ground better and lasts longer too well it doesn't it doesn't degrade i don't think quite as fast uh and it it does not uh, uh it doesn't tend to you know the color doesn't fade as rapidly uh i mean it's just natural colored in the first place it's it's not has not been color enhanced in most instances so you don't have that you know that that dark color or or the the, the modified color uh to to change you know because you didn't modify it in the first place so yeah it, it is a it's a good choice uh, uh especially if you are um you know concerned about you know termites or something like that now at one point a lot of retailers that were selling products like mulch they also had the availability of, of rubber mulch is that something that still people are using and and does rubber mulch oh, is I that mean, bad you, it's yeah you, you can still get rubber mulch uh, it's not it's not used a, a whole lot i don't think uh, you know an advantage of it it doesn't it doesn't decompose uh, very I mean, I mean I, you know i guess could, if, if we had if we had enough thousands of years it might decompose i guess so it, it's not going to break down um and it uh uh 
it will certainly you know provide an insulating blanket over the top of the ground um, it does it uh, uh, so the fact that it doesn't decompose it doesn't break down it doesn't add anything you know to the soil uh, in the long run um, it's it's uh, you know generally going to be dark colored I think and um, uh, you may get a little more heat build up uh, you know in hot weather uh, on the soil uh, underneath that because you know dark color like that may capture a little more heat uh, than you would otherwise um, I wonder if I, I see it used, the, the way I see it used in greatest quantity, I guess, greatest volume is, uh, you know, surfaces on playgrounds. Yeah, so, uh, which makes, makes sense makes there. Good, makes a good landing site or a softer landing site, I guess. <laughs> I, but I'm curious, does the water, you know, at a playground, it wouldn't matter. But like if you had landscaping, does the water get through that rubber mulch yeah. as well? Yeah, it moves through because, you know, it it, 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 it doesn't. Kind of like gravel, I guess. It is like gravel. It doesn't compact, and so you got a lot of pore spaces there for it to uh, to perk on through pretty pretty readily. Well, speaking of perking, a, a lot of people I've noticed in the county, you can see their septic tank perk lines throughout the different seasons and everything. Is there anything we could, any kind of special grass that we could plant that you wouldn't see? die so off or leave those about, marks you're talking about the you, you can see the the, the 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 lines where the field lines run the field lines from the sept going yeah. out of the septic tank yeah you see that a lot in the county I, it's kentucky fescue better is a, you know a, a bermuda grab what, what do you use well i mean if if you're seeing uh it, so if you're seeing and i'm assuming you're seeing a brown color a brown, a color, brown color even during the summer sometimes yeah, yeah. And, and and now that would be simply because uh you know there's not enough dirt up there to support long-term uh grass populations and and so it doesn't matter what grass you're using uh if if that ground is shallow enough over whatever it is under the ground whether it's a you know whether it's a big rock or whether it's a you know the top of a septic tank or, or whatever's buried out there if that soil layer is not deep enough to uh you know to hold uh, significant water then those areas are going to dry out much faster and it's you're going to see the, the grass or whatever's growing over the top of it you know decline um now there are a lot of a lot of homes you never see them yeah because you know they're buried deep enough there's enough soil over the top uh that uh, you know they don't dry out in hot weather right sometimes sometimes you've seen areas that those strips look a little bit greener uh, and it could be because they're picking up a little added nutrition uh out of uh, uh you know out of the, that effluent as it moves uh, out of the septic tank and on, on out to be you know dispersed into the into the field out there I, I guess you know if you wanted the most drought tolerant grass to grow over uh, an area like that you know bermuda grass is is in, boy it's pretty drought tolerant and it will uh, and it can certainly get dry enough for it to go dormant but uh, you know generally it will uh, it'll survive that drought and, and and recover when when rainfall returns and i would guess over time those septic lines those field lines they, they could adjust move settle over the years and the dirt on top could also settle and therefore well, I, you have less yeah i mean it's it's uh yeah that's that's certainly possible i think because you know it, it was a uh, you, you dig a you dig a trench so you dig a hole in the ground it's it's a it's a linear hole not a round hole yeah uh you, you dig a hole in the ground and you you know you put stuff in it uh, uh you know rock and and in the pipe itself you know the line itself and then you cover it back up with some gravel and then and then you 
push that soil back in on the top of it. So yeah, it's it's going to settle. Ten uh, years of mowing on it, you know, yeah, ten years later, I could see where it would change. Yeah, yep, yeah, it could certainly happen. Mitchell Moat Agriculture Extension agent with us today from the Agriculture Extension Service here in Rutherford County. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be happy to take your call or text 615-893-1450. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us for all your gift, gardening and farm needs. We have anything you need for the perfect gift for what you need on your farm. If you're needing to take care of your yard or garden, please come see us. We also have a great selection in our pet department. Please come see us for all your pet needs and also for your feathered friends. Hi, this is Tina Fox. Come by and see us. The Co-op Farm and Home Center is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.56, you're listening to WGNS on this Thursday morning. Mitchell Moat with us today from the Agriculture Extension Service here in Rutherford County, where we were talking about grass, different types of grass, crabgrass. Yeah. Crabgrass crab grass. prevention. <laughs> so for some folks, that is a goal, I guess, is to uh, prevent crabgrass populations uh, from their from their turf in their home lawns and you know just a just a real quick review about crabgrass so crabgrass uh, in our part of the world is an annual so that means it does not survive through the winter time uh, it's, it's a hot weather plant and it has to germinate from seed every year so you know it'll germinate in the, uh, the, the late winter early spring time frame depending on how fast it warms up in the uh, in the spring of the year it'll grow through the summer produce lots and lots of seed and it frost it's going to die uh, and because it produced lots of seed there's plenty of more seed for it to germinate from the following season so uh, folks can because it is an annual has to germinate from seed pre-emergence herbicides can can significantly decrease the the populations of crabgrass in those uh, home lawns now the the research over time has shown that 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 crabgrass in our part of the world is going to begin to germinate or the conditions are right for it to germinate when the soil temperature in the top two inches of soil because that seed is very shallow you know it's not planted deeply uh, just when it falls off these these uh, crabgrass plants but when that temperature in the top two inches is 55 degrees or greater for four consecutive days and nights then those conditions are conducive for crabgrass germination to take place a visual indicator, because most folks aren't going out measuring the ground, measuring the soil temperature. A visual indicator that those conditions are, are approaching is when you see forsythia bushes in bloom. Well, forsythia bushes in some places have been blooming now for going on two weeks or better here in the county. So does that mean that the, the soil temps are, are, are right for crabgrass germination to take place? We've been measuring soil temps just a little bit there uh, at the extension office over the last uh, couple of weeks. Last Thursday, you know, at 6 o'clock, or excuse me, at 11, uh, a few minutes after 11 in the morning, soil temp at uh, two, deg- or at 2 inches was, was running about 60 degrees. 
Oh, that's, that's certainly warm enough. Now, in that same place on Monday, after a cold weekend, that soil temperature at two inches was about 48 degrees. Hmm. So, and, you know, our forecast is we're going to be lows in the 20s and so on. Um, I don't know that we are there just yet uh, in, terms of, uh, uh, in terms of the soil being warm enough, but uh, it's better to be early. You know, you want crabgrass or, or any pre-emergent herbicide to be out before the seeds begin to germinate. So... If folks uh, have that on their list of things to do this spring, uh, you might want to start thinking about uh, getting getting yourself prepared to make uh, uh, your application of, of pre-emergent herbicide for crabgrass prevention in your lawn. You know, the, the, the latter part of this month, is, I think, is going to be okay. The next couple of weeks through the first couple of weeks in uh, March are kind of the the time you want to shoot for and you don't worry so much about uh, the the, the pre-emerge breaking down in the soil because it's not going to break down uh, and microbes break it down and so soil microbe activity is not going to become uh, uh, very uh, active okay very in a, in, in, to a high rate until the ground is warm enough uh, for, to, to let those act those microbes be active so we're not worried about it breaking down uh, just from a physical standpoint of being in the ground uh, a little bit early Again, with us this morning, Agriculture Extension Agent Mitchell Moat from the Agriculture Extension Service right here in Rutherford County. WGNS News with Ron Jordan and more comes your way next and another update on the uh, schools. The Rutherford County schools, as you've heard earlier, are closed today and Murfreesboro City Schools also closed today due to the ongoing threat of bad weather. So we'll keep you up to date on that. And we also have CBS News coming your way in just a minute. Time right now, 9 o'clock. You're listening to WGNS Murfreesboro.